is the Inside Edge. Your home for Blue Jackets news and conversation. Sponsored by Honda Marysville and Moomoo Express Car Wash. Proud partner of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McGalligan and Jody Shelley. Welcome to the Inside Edge, which is being brought to you by Honda Marysville. I'm Bob McElligot with Jody Shelley here on 97.1 The Fan. The Blue Jackets returned home last night to open up a two-game set with the Florida Panthers. Blue Jackets lose that game. Uh, 4-2 to was the final score. Florida got an empty net at the end of the game to set it to a two-goal differential. But, Jody, there were – I know Torch talks about moral victories and not wanting any of those and wanting the points and – but I think where the Blue Jackets are right now, there there are things they can take out of that game. They're not happy they didn't get the two points, but right now they're looking for things to grasp onto, and uh, and I think they might have found some in that game. Do you? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, there all there's always something you can take, and I the Blue Jackets last night, uh, you know, the start again uh, was rough, much like the game before against the Dallas Stars, where the Blue Jackets were on their heels. It was a breakout play. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, right away in their own end, turnover and a couple good chances for the Florida Panthers. But that got Jonas Corposalo in the game again immediately. Uh, you know, there was some good plays, some nice job, nice uh, open. It was really an open flow game. It was chance at either end, uh, a lot of entertaining plays, some second effort saves by the defensemen, some highlight reel goaltender saves. But I agree, the, the opportunities that they created in the offensive zone I think the six unbelievable scoring chances that come to mind right away, the breakaways, the backdoor passes that were off the post or off a defenseman's stick, I think they had more than they gave up. Now, it's going to be close. They, they gave up some, too, that the Florida Panthers got robbed on. But for the Blue Jackets, yeah, I think there's some positive uh, stuff to take out of the offensive zone. The D were up in the play, Delzato. And to me, I'm wondering – are the D up because they're desperate to get the four check going? You know, we talk about it all the time, the four check of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Well, it's not just one player pressuring the puck. It's everyone working as hard as they can for 30 seconds on the puck to swarm, and we don't see that. And I wonder when the, we see Del Zotto last night a couple times, dump the puck in and keep the momentum going to go chase the puck, and he's the F1. It tells me that it doesn't matter who you are, the closest guy to the puck has got to put full out pressure. And that's a key. When you're on a team where that first player is pressuring, you can read off it. And we talk about it all the time. I, I, I've told you different scenarios where if you're going to go hard in traffic, then, you know, I'm going to – if we're in traffic and we're beside each other and we're just cruising at the same pace and the, the highway is going to come down to one lane, well, guess what? One of us has to, one of us has to act. We can't post, put on the brakes and slow down together and slow down – it's like, I'm going, right? So you go hard, and then I'll just fall in behind you. They need that on the four check. That's kind of where you – it gives you the comfort to read off it. So I see that from the D. Maybe that's the concerted effort just to get some disruption and get down and get the puck in the offensive zone. That's where you want to play. You talked about the Florida Chan uh, Panthers having some other good chances in that game. We're going to talk with Blue Jackets goaltender Jonas Corposalo who last night made, what, uh, two stops on breakaways, had two save-of-the-year candidate saves. Uh, so that's another potential four goals that could have been on the board last night had he not been on his game. I don't know that he's happy with himself about the first one that he gave up, but uh, he made those four big stops, and, and he kept the minute battling against Sergei Bobrovsky, who was at the other end, which when you break down the game within the game, 
it's still always fun for me. And I, I don't know if fans really get that intricate with it, but we're around it all the time. So I do. I, I like watching that one-on-one battle. I mean, here you have a guy that's got two Vesna trophies and uh, used to be the guy that you looked up to and you sat behind and you backed up for a couple of years. He's down on one end, you're at the other end and you're trying to match him save for save. Do you enjoy watching that part of the game when you're, when you're calling these games and watching them? Oh, of course. I mean, think of Sir, think of Sergei Bobrovsky here as a, the best goaltender this franchise has ever seen with the two Vesnas and, and the playoff appearances uh, at the top of his game and who's watching closely and learning how to prepare off the ice, how to conduct himself as a pro. He learned from the best as far as uh, work ethic, conditioning, everything that Sergei Bobrovsky is, has brought to himself in this league. And then he leaves for a massive contract. Now, Jonas Corposalo is the man. And when you get to go against your mentor, your peer, uh, a guy who you looked up to, uh, you know, it's just a cycle of anything in in professional sports or the professional world. It's your time to go head to head. It's that one on one. And that's how they approach it. So it was fun to watch. I thought Jonas Corposalo, that goal going in early, the backhand after three spectacular saves. And one on Barkov, you're going to see for the next decade because the way he sprawled back with that stick, it just looked like the puck was going in the at, in the empty net. It was inevitable, but no, uh, he was there to stuff it. So, you know, and then he lets in that squeaker. I think that that made him so mad, and I don't know, but we'll talk to him about it, and so focused. You know what I mean? When you when you do something so well, like you did with a couple big saves and then the soft one goes in, you're like, are you kidding me? Then he just dialed it up. I mean, then he absolutely dialed it up. And then we had saw uh, some with all the chances and the unbelievable saves, it was a highly entertaining game. Now I think the coaches, both Quenville and John Tortorella with their coaching staffs, they're probably hitting stop and start a lot on last night's game and saying, what is happening here? What is this guy doing? How can he turn that over? But for fans and people covering the game, it was a lot of fun. You mentioned yesterday when we did the rink report before the game uh, about Florida and, and the additions that they made. One of them was Patrick Hornquist. And, you know, this guy, he's the same player he was when he was in Nashville, same player as he was in Pittsburgh, doing it with the Florida Panthers. And he is no nonsense, top of the crease, in the crease, in your face. Gets a power play goal because he's posted up in front of Corpusalo and the puck just happens to glance off his body. So when that happened, I was thinking about you saying that, and I was thinking, doggone it, I wish the Blue Jackets might have gotten Patrick Hornquist because this is I he's, he's just that kind of guy, and I, I think you'll agree with this. Um, you'd love him if he's on your team, but when he's not on your team, you hate him because he's just always there doing something. Yeah. That's the ultimate compliment for those players. And, and you look at Scott Hartnell was here. He did that. Uh, Holmstrom, we all know him well. He used to play for the Detroit Red Wings. He was a goalie's nightmare. It's like he just made them uncomfortable. He just knew how to hang out for long enough uh, in the blue paint or at the top of it. And then, of course, you know, he bats a puck out of the air uh, earlier in the season for a goal. That was an unbelievable play. But he's in that same spot. This time the puck bounces off of him on a shot from the point. He just, he's got a knack for it. He's got two Stanley Cups, uh, which is great leadership, but also brings a presence and a certain amount of respect. Seems like a guy who's very competitive and wants to win. And when, tra- when you're trying to change a culture or improve or boost a culture, uh, guys like that help immediately. 
And when he puts pucks in the net, draws a crowd, you're right. He's a guy you hate when you're playing against him, much like Hartnell was. But as a teammate, he's one of the best. When you look at the the Florida Panthers, and, and last year their thing was they spent all the money on the goaltending position, but they weren't defending well in front of him. And you still have – Keith Yandel is still there. He's not known as being a great defender. He's a good offensive defenseman. Aaron Ekblad is a very good offensive defenseman. He's got nine goals. Had that one not hit Hornquist last night, he would have had his tenth. Um, but what do you see that they've changed that that's made them better that, I mean, look, they're great right now. That's what their 16th win last night. I mean, they, they have figured some things out. What did they change so much? that's made them better. I, the first thing I see is their speed and Verhage was a player that we saw in Tampa briefly, but what a pickup. I mean, this guy gets to play on the top line from time to time. Uh, this speed up front from the forwards Duclair, we know him here. Uh, when you're, when you're playing in, in the NHL, the four check is so valuable. Being able to push the defenseman back of the opposition is valuable. Uh, the way they play with the speed up front really pushes guys like Barkov, Huberto to, to play the game a little bit faster. And I felt like before they were trying to drive it, but they were, they don't play at a fast pace. So, to, so to speak, they can think the game fast, but the, to have the guys that can push the wings like that are important for those two players. Plus, their D now know the roles. And I think when the depth chart gets deeper, you look at Gudis, who they picked up. Uh, you look at a couple of defensemen, Nudavara is there. You know where Ekblad stands. You know you know where Yandel is. And I think that's important. I think players sometimes play above where they are supposed to play early in their career, uh, like Ekblad. And it's just you're kind of asking too much because he's trying to do everything. When really, uh, when you're in a depth uh, – a team with depth, you know where you stand, you know where your job is, you know who you're playing with. Mackenzie Weger to me is one of the best defensemen uh, in the National Hockey League, mostly because he's got a good skill set. He's big, he's fast, he's smart, but he makes a decision and he goes with it. And that's what makes him uh, a very simple player. And he helps out who he's playing with, and that's Ekblad. So, you know. Those changes, uh, plus the veteran leadership of, of Hornquist, who we talked about, and let's not kid ourselves. Wenberg's been a nice addition there defensively, too. So I think initially it's the speed, but then it's the veteran NHL players that understand their roles in this their system, which has really helped. With that being said, and I know you always talk about roles, the, that thing, knowing where your place is on a team. And so I'll ask you this. When you watch the Blue Jackets play, do you still feel there are – more than a few guys that are trying to figure out where their place is on this team right now over the blue jackets. Yes. Yeah, I would say yes. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure. We see a lot of movement with a lot of, a lot of players. You know, we thought Gavrikov and Savard were a, a tandem for a while that were going to be here. They were so reliable and, and it's hard to get those two together for the coaching staff, Brad Shaw, who runs the defenseman. Um, you know, the way they're playing right now, Bob, the center ice position is, uh, it's a little bit, uh, it's thin. And let's, let's be honest. I mean, uh, you know, you bring in a couple good players, Max Domi, who's going to play center. Now he's on the wing. Uh, he's, he's tried there, but they just want him to simplify his game. And that's just, he, he to me, seems still like he's in between uh, wanting to pass all the time, uh, wanting to be a guy who brings the energy and also a guy who wants to shoot. He's in between all three of those. So, um, he's a guy that definitely needs to find his focus. Roslovic was a winger on the third line in Winnipeg. 
he comes here. He's a top line center with Line. And that tells you exactly where the center ice position is. Boone Jenner is back in the middle. Uh, Nick Foligno's taking uh, that position from time to time. That's the old reliables for the Blue Jackets. But when you lose your number one center who you've groomed, it's a massive hole. It's a player they waited to develop here with Pierre-Luc Dubois. He leaves. Koivu's gone. Uh, those were two pieces that you thought could settle in. And talk about depth, uh, knowing your role in the depth chart. Well, then it's uh, easy to fill in Riley Nash and then maybe Max Domi works out. But those were the holes they're dealt. This is what they're trying to figure out right now. And is it's, uh, people say defense is the most important position. Center ice to me, or, or to probably everyone, is the most important position. It connects everything. It drives. It's the, the man in the middle who distributes the puck. Um, there's a lot there. So for the Blue Jackets, knowing the role, I think there's a few guys who definitely know the role. And Riley Nash is one of them. Uh, he has defined what he is as a Blue Jacket. And now he's reaping some benefits as the reliable player who gets a chance with line A uh, on the top line there with Bjorkstrand too. Bjorkstrand's another player to me who definitely knows his role within the system. Uh, those are two guys. And then you talk about Jenner, Felino. They know their role, I think. I know Jenner does. And Felino sometimes gets in between. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole roster. But for me, a lot of the players, definitely uh, the new guys, are trying to figure out where they fit in. Of course, the biggest one is Patrick Laine. Uh, we talked about it yesterday a little bit that he gets the joy from the goals, uh, but he's, you know, he can't be, um, he's got to have some more fun within the game, the game within the game. You talked about that earlier. Uh, there's a lot that goes on between goals. You're not going to score a goal every shift. So uh, I feel like there's more that he can bring and more that his line mates can bring to maybe cater to him a little bit. You know, he does still have to forecheck. Uh, he does have to back check. But if you get the puck and you're out there, with, if you and I are out there with Patrick Line, eh? guess what we're fo- our focus is? Battle, grind, do whatever we can. We know where he is to get him the puck. And you know why? Because we're going to get an assist. And that's what <laughs> I think uh, some of his teammates need to do. But also there's an onus on him to do some things that uh, give him some joy. One more guy I want to ask you about because you, you brought up Gabrikov and you know, we took it for granted, Savard, Gavrikov, that was all year last year. Gabriel Carlson has settled in there alongside of David Savard, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on what he has done because I've been kind of pleasantly surprised with this guy. Um, you know, I, I've seen him be physical when he needs to be physical. I've seen him make that short six-foot pass to get the puck out of the zone, which I know John Tortorella is craving for his defenseman to do once again. Uh, what have you thought about Gabriel in these, what, 10 games that he's played? You know what, I, I – I would agree. A pleasant surprise. You know, Dean Kukin, the same way, quietly just comes in and brings a skill set that the team needs. And Kukin has worked his way out of the lineup because Gabriel Carlson has needed a chance. And he doesn't play with hesitation. He doesn't uh, play with any regret if he makes a mistake. He's a big guy that can cover up a lot if there is a mistake. Uh, he's got a good stick. Uh, and he just seems to have ice in his veins. You know, he just, he just seems to kind of get it done out there and get off the ice and get ready for his next shift. So I would call him low maintenance. I do feel like teams are figuring out how to get on him. You know, if you're matching up against the blue jackets, he might be a focus. He's a, he's a young player in the league. Uh, They know he hasn't played much hockey. And I think in a two game series, if he's a guy that you can go after. And we saw last night, the four check came quick a couple times for him where he had to recover from a couple plays and he did it. He did it well. I thought a couple times. But there is some plays there where he can get a little quicker. Other than that, uh, I think he's, uh, he's been a, a nice player here. 
just a quiet, reliable guy. And that's something uh, that every team needs. Nobody's going to be another David Savard, but with his size, Gabriel Carlson's size, I don't, again, I don't think he's ever going to be the shot blocker Savard is because he's just, uh, he's not afraid of anything when it comes to that. But look, David Savard's future here is uncertain. He can be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, While Gabriel Carlson is playing as his partner, should he be paying close attention to what's going on? Is there, I guess what I'm really saying is, does he have a potential to be a Savard-like player? Not exactly like David, but at least like David. I think it would be wise for any young player to pick up something for from the players you're playing with, right? And and I think that Savard is a, the simplicity of his game when he's on top of it, it's perfect. And, and his skill set, what is asked of him, how he reads plays, how he anticipates when he jumps to play, those things are all very good. I think Carlson already has a lot of that. He's an intelligent defenseman. But yeah, if he can find out some timing and reads a little bit from David Savard, yeah, it would be so smart to do. Maybe pick up a little from Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski too, you know what I mean? Yeah, a better point could not be made. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Blue Jackets goaltender Jonas Corposalo as the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville continues on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville. I'm Bob McElligot along with Jody Shelley. And joining us right now is Blue Jackets goaltender Jonas Corposalo. Jonas, first of all, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's great to see you. Great to talk to you. I mean, we've seen a lot of you lately. How much have you enjoyed being, not just being the number one guy, but I mean, you're, you're, he's rolling you out there. John Tortorella is every single game. Uh, it's, it's a heavy workload right now, but are you enjoying the workload? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, playing a lot of games, uh, you know, just being able to go out there and enjoy every game I, I get and, you know, try to do my best to help the team. It's, it's, it's fun to play a lot of games, especially now, you know, playing every, every second day, basically. Um, yeah, it's been fun. You know, I, I would like to thank you because having you on the show today, you made two of your best saves, not only of the year, but maybe of your NHL career in the game against the Panthers last night. So that was great timing. Thank you for that. Morris. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you're making those saves, though, in all serious, I mean, you, two acrobatic saves that you make, um, you know, at what point do your reflexes just take over in something like that, where you shut the brain off, you just see it, you react to it, and you hope to God that it hits your stick? Yeah, I mean, the moment the moment you realize that the whole net is open and he's shooting the puck, you know, um, there's nothing else but desperation at that point and a lot of luck. So, um, you know, the first one, just try to get something in front, and the second one, hit my paddle, and I was after it, like, oh, my God, never been this lucky. Uh, so... Yeah, you know, just it's just instincts and trying to get something in front of the puck. I'll bet, um, you know, having the wide open net is scary enough and then realizing it's Alexander Barkov that has the puck on his stick, does that amp it up <laughs> even more? Yes, he's, he's, a, he's a pretty good player. Right? <laughs> Especially with an open net. I mean, uh, but see, I, I remember goalies doing that that to me in practice, and, and that's something that it starts in practice, right, that competitiveness? 100%, I agree. You know, everything starts from practice, you know, not giving on any puck and, you know, making those saves in practice, it's going to uh, contribute in a game at some times. And, uh, yeah, that will happen last game. How bad did you want to beat Sergey last night? Big time. Uh, he played a great game and, you know, just losing by one goal, uh, letting in a pretty easy one in the first, but, you know, uh, it sucks, but, um, you know, we'll get them back on, on, on tomorrow. 
Okay, there's two things I want to get to. When you you make you make three unbelievable saves early in that game, and then you let in that one that you said was one you didn't like. Okay, what does that do for you? Are you mad, or do you get even better? Do you think after that? Because I thought you got better. Yeah, I mean, just reset. That's all I can do after that. You know, even reset after the good saves. You know, you can stay high on yourself and think about it. You know, there's always this next part that comes you know whenever and that's what happened and i let in the easy one and after that just reset and uh, of course i'm pissed off to myself and you know start thinking like yeah you know it's it's not a good goal uh so you try to make it up and you know uh yeah just make it up for the next save and whenever it comes to a big big save uh you try to make it and when you want to go against Bobrovsky and you see him at the other end and he makes a save and he looks like he's playing well that's the battle, right? You, you're like, okay, bring it, bring it this way, because now it's my turn. Is that the mindset of the goalies? Nine percent, yeah. You always try to be better than the guy in the other end, and especially he made some great saves there too yesterday. So I'm like, okay, you know, get a step up and be even better than him, and you know, be ready when the time comes. And every time you got to be better than the other guy. Awesome. You used to do that in practice. He would be at one end, and you would be at the other end when you guys played together. Uh, is there much difference in the way you approach it in the game? I mean, I know the game's for points and everything like that, but uh, you two were at opposite ends of the rink for a long time trying to give your best. You said it earlier. It all starts in practice. Yeah, I mean, going to the game, I'm not thinking about it, but it's just, you know, you see him, you know, you realize it's it's popping the other end, you know, we've been in the same team for many years and, you know, looking up to him since I got into the league and, you know, uh, learning a lot of stuff from, for, for him. And, uh, you know, it's more of like just, you know, try to enjoy, enjoy it. When uh, Patrick Line hit him right in the face, basically, with that shot, were, were you glad that Line was on your team and shooting at him instead of shooting at you? 100%. I mean, that's a, that's a hard shot. So, yeah, that's something I, I realized the first time he got here. I'm like, I was like, oh, my God, it's, it's a good shot. Yeah, how is that? Like in practice, and he's taking it, and, uh, you know, Jody and I have talked about this and, and wanting to see him shoot it more because it is so tough. Put us right in the crease when you're facing a guy like that, when you know he has the ability to take that shot, what goes through your mind as a goalie? You know, just try to cover ice as much as possible, you know, just make yourself big and, you know, make the right read where he's going to shoot, but that's where he's really good at. He's faking with his stick and he, he shows high glove to me and he goes low blocker. You know, he he's doing stuff like that. And on top of that, the, the shot is really, really hard. So it's, you know, he's, he's pretty special on that. That's I'm also, remarkable. yeah, I, I'm also interested in, uh, in your perspective from the crease, you know, we've talked a lot this year, John Tortorella has talked about the, the defense. It is, it's been off a little bit this season and, and you're a guy that's been standing back there when, Everybody's collapsed in front of you. They blocked almost every shot. They've cleared every puck away. Um, there have been times this year where it's it's not been as solid as it has been in the past. Um, it, it, not asking to point any fingers on anything, but you're the goalie. You're standing there. You're looking at everything. You you see what's going on in front of you. Uh, are there any things that you see that are different uh, this year that's going on there? Uh, it's just consistency. You know, we're right there. You know, we got really good minutes. And then we don't have good minutes at, at times. And I think it's last last couple of weeks, it's been really, really much better. And, you know, 
stay more consistent and uh, especially last game, you know, getting our four check going. A uh, lot of great chances and, you know, it's, it's, we, we're right there. Uh, it's getting a lot better. A lot of times, Corpy, when that's happening in front of you or, you know, people try to do more and try to do too much. Do you find yourself hesitating not to try to do too much? Like go out and play the puck more or, you know, make a rebound that goes somewhere else. Do you have to really focus on just taking care of your business and not overextending yourself? Yeah. I mean, you know, when things go, doesn't go the, your way, you start working hard and maybe sometimes too hard. And especially in goalless position, working too hard is going to mess up your game. So uh, I've been just trying to, you know, do my my thing that what I've been doing the last couple of years and, you know, just go out there, enjoy the game, uh, you know, not thinking nothing, you know, just reacting and uh, playing from my instincts. You know, it's easy to ask somebody to go, just, just go out and have fun. Just go enjoy yourself. It's one of the hardest things to do as a professional athlete. You've got a guy there, a fellow countryman and Patrick line who needs to have more fun. And is there anything you can do to help him? I think it comes from practice as well. You know, having fun, you know, you get to practice, you know, you work hard, but in the meantime, uh, you know, you have fun. And when you score a goal, you know, you know, put your smile, smile on your face and, you know, just have fun with the puck. And, you know, uh, it's just, I think that comes from practice as well. Do you talk to him at all about that? Or is it just something where, eh, you just rather just be his buddy and, and be there for him? Uh, I'll, I'll be there, but you know, he's a, he's a great guy. He's, he's laid back and, you know, he, he knows what's going on and, uh, you know, it's, it's his business and it's not my business. And, uh, uh, I'm sure we are all pros, so we can handle stuff, uh, stuff like that. Corpy, we've watched you every year come in and, and you're just, you're consistent. You, you, you really are a great goaltender and, and you can just tell you're confident. What did you do? Do you do things differently in the off season now? How did you handle it in the pandemic back home? And uh, is there just, are you just confident in what you do each and every year uh, that allows you to come back and be this consistent player that's getting better every year? I think it comes from experience as well. Uh, you know, uh, looking back like three, four years ago, I was really inconsistent, uh, even in practice. And, you know, it's, you know, it's part of getting more mature. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not like I do anything differently on off season. Uh, it's just mental, mental stuff, uh, you know, getting to the rink every day, uh, you know, ready to put the work in. Doesn't matter what the score was last night how good or bad I played, put the work in. Uh, and, you know, it comes from the daily stuff I do. You know what, Corpy, we haven't seen you break a stick. And that's a, that's not easy to change that fire. Uh, but that's a credit to you and, and working on that mental part, right? Exactly. Like last year, you know, I got frustrated, you know, to myself, you know, feeling like I'm not up there where I wanted to be. And, you know, breaking my stick, it's not a good sign, you know, as a goal. And certainly the guys on the bench doesn't want that to happen, you know. Uh, so, you know, just trying to go my business and, you know, get pissed off, just suck it up and work on the next practice. Well said. We're going to continue our conversation with Jonas Corposalo as the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville continues here on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville, Bob McElligot and Jody Shelley. And now we continue our conversation with Blue Jackets goaltender Jonas Corposalo. This year, we, uh, I was talking to you about the, the workload that you have right now, and you're getting all these games, as you said, almost every other day. 
One of the changes because of the COVID protocols is the taxi squad, which means that there are always three goaltenders here. How much has that helped you to get rest on days in between games where, you know, maybe you didn't have to do a full practice or maybe you didn't have to take as many reps uh, in the net because there's that third guy that can jump in. And, and that guy also, whoever it is at any time, they want to stay fresh too in case they get put on the active roster. Yeah, 100%. Having three goalies right now, you know, like you said, every second day we play and, you know, you try to save energy for the game. So sometimes you, you want to cut the practice time a little bit because – you know, you know, focus on the game. So having three goalies there, it's pretty big. Yeah, and because uh, sometimes during the regular season, if there's three goalies, and I know you guys had it a couple of years ago when Kincaid was here, but there's only two nets. It can be, it can be really weird, but in this case, it's great, right? Yeah, this this case, I do like it, but normal season, I I'd rather have my net. You know, <laughs> yeah, because it's like musical chairs. Somebody's not going to get a net. So just <laughs> make sure you're the guy that gets a net. What okay. has this year been like for you uh, off the ice? I know it's been really strange for all of you guys in the in the room. I mean, not just wearing the masks, but the, they, they try to do the social distancing. Uh, the bench is different. The bench is wide open. Now there were no fans. Now there are some fans uh, on the road. It's a totally different story. What's it been like for you? It's been fine. I mean, uh, you know, it's almost a year going through this so nothing new when we started the season so uh uh you know just not having any any social life that's what it is for everyone else too so uh you just gotta adjust to it and for me during the season right now especially it's you know we play games every second day uh i don't think i will do much anyways with this with this workload right now so <laughs> doesn't matter to me yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, how are you guys, and, and I know you've been good at this as a group, but there are some different people in this group this year. How have you uh, maintained uh, the calmness as a group? I mean, look, you're in danger here. It's a short season. You're not in a playoff spot right now. Uh, you're trying to climb. Another game goes by last night. You get no points. But yet there, there's always seeming to be that sense of calm. And does some of that have to do with the fact that you guys that have been here, you've gone through streaks before. Uh, you said earlier, you see things getting better. Is some of that because you know that you can do it, so you're, you're not going to hit that panic button? Yeah, 100%. We've been there before. Uh, you know, you know, not getting poised in a while, and, you know, we always have that mental strength to get back, and, you know, we have the skill, we have everything right there. So, you know, it's just trusting to ourselves and everyone, you know, the guy next to you to turn this around and put the work in and, you know, go out there and uh, play with, play with confidence. And I think it's lately it's been, it's been that. So we've been, I think we've been really good. Jonas, every single night we see a, a team come in with more than one Finnish born player uh, and, and not just playing the game, but they're making a difference. And, and, and one guy that I saw the other night in Dallas, Rupe Hints, is this guy way better than we know? I mean, he, he looks like he's a heck of a player. He's a great player. And by the way, I used to play with him in the Finnish league. Did you really? How about that shot he had the other night on you? That was ridiculous. That was insane. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was yeah, that was a great, great move. So yeah, I mean he's a he's a great player. He's turned out to be, you know, one of the top guys in the team in Dallas. And uh, you know, with his speed and his skill and his shot, it's he's a great player. And what about Lankinen? Tell us about this kid. We know you guys are buddies and you've seen him a lot. Uh, well, I've heard, I've read some great articles on him, 
Tell us how well you know him, when it started, and, and uh, probably how proud you are of him now, what he's doing. Yeah, you know, it's so much fun to see him doing so well and finally getting his chance. You know, he's, he's, he's done a long road getting to this point, you know, just working hard every year and be really determined. And, you know, knowing him since I was 14 or 13, whatever, uh, you know, we used to live in the same same neighborhood. And, you know, uh, we still have the same friend group we, we used to have back then. So, uh, you know, all the, all the closest friends right there. And, uh, you know, it's it's great. Uh, you know, we've been calling, calling here and then and chatting a lot. And he's having a blast for sure. You guys train in the offseason with the same goalie coach? Yeah. No, this fall. Uh, he, he jumped in and, uh, we did have really, really, really good stuff right there. You know, kind of for me, able to see how he plays too. And, you know, we picked up some stuff from each other. Uh, that was really fun. I got, I got to ask, cause I, I was in Finland. I think I tell you that every time I see you that I played there once and I loved it. Anyways, I love the Finns, but now that you have Patrick Laine here, it was always a star of, you know, Jarmo Kekalainen, in the first European GM, he's from Finland. Uh, he's well-known. Patrick Laine is a superstar in Finland. Have you noticed, have you heard more coverage from back there having him now? Is that kind of a bright spot for, for Finland and how they watch your team? Yeah, for sure. After, you know, he got traded here, the Finnish media, I, I think they follow us a little bit closer, and especially for Laine. He's always been, you know, the the guy under the spotlight in Finnish, Finnish media, and, you know, they they just love him obviously, you know, as a great player. So he's, he's been there a lot. And uh, yeah, I, I think so. And I got one more question about line. A. Would you tell him to shoot the puck more? I mean, do you think he needs to shoot the puck more? Well, I think last game he shot it. I don't know how many times he shot it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously his shot is great, but in the meantime, I think he can, he, he does really great plays too. He's a great passer. Yeah. But I don't want that. I want to see that <laughs> shot. I want him to shoot that puck. I mean, you're that's you're his weapon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's right. When, when he said, I have one more question, and he said, would you tell him? I didn't know if that meant, would, would you do that, given the chance, or would you tell him to shoot the puck? I didn't understand. I, I think he was shoot saying the, the second thing, Jonas. Tell him to shoot the puck. <laughs> I just think that it backs people off, Jonas. I think it's, it's his weapon. We all want to see it. And if he's going to shoot the puck three, four, five times a period, like Ovechkin, I think everybody's on notice. Then he can pass it. But what do I know? I don't know. I can pass the message. Okay, yeah, thanks. We, yeah, we, we're not allowed in the room anymore, or Jody would give the message himself. So we, we no, I wouldn't. To... No, I wouldn't. I've <laughs> never done that. I've never coached a player. Maybe a fighting tips or stuff yeah, like right. that, but not scoring. <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you think Patrick would say? Hey, how about this former fourth line fighters telling me I need to shoot a little bit more? <laughs> Get out of here, he'd say. <laughs> Jonas, thank you so much. Always appreciate it. Uh, you know, miss your uh, smiling face uh, being around all the time. So thanks for giving us a little bit of your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Blue Jackets goaltender Jonas Corposalo. Now, we talked a lot of Patrick Line in there. And actually, when we come back, we're going to break down Line A even more as the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville continues on 97.1 The Fan. Getting ready to wrap up tonight's Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville. You know, Jody, we've talked a lot about Patrick Line in this show. Let's just break it down a little bit more right now. 
The biggest thing with him, up until last night, he started to do it last night, especially late in the game, power play opportunity, trying to get the game tied desperately. He started shooting the puck again. But it's gone on here for at least a week where there have been a couple of games. You see the stats at the end, no shots, one shot, two shots. Is that a confidence thing or lack thereof for Patrick Line, or is it something else? Yeah, no, I think definitely. I think this guy needs to have some more fun. He's too wound up to getting too hard on himself at 22 years old. It's not necessary. You'd like to see this guy just come in and have fun and have that swagger he had when he walked into the Blue Jackets front door. You know what I mean? Um, we know he's not going to score every night, but we just want to see the shot. I, I want to see the shot as much as possible. Um, maybe that's too simplistic, but for me, if I'm on the ice and that shot's coming, it's like Ovechkin. Ovechkin has eight to 10 shot attempts almost every night. And you know it's coming. And with the numbers like that, you know it's going to work its way in the net. Uh, he does have to back check. I don't need to see him always down behind his own net. I, I'd like to see him just uh, own the ice he's in and then play more attack the net. Like he's a guy who uh, he always seems to cut to the middle of the ice on breakouts. Uh, when he gets inside the line, he looks to make the pass. I just want to see him, and I think Torch does too, and, and his teammates, have fun and shoot the puck more. I think we're all proud that this guy, Patrick Liney, is here with this uh, amazing shot. I think he's got to show it off. A little flex time from Patrick Liney out there on the ice uh, when he can let that thing fly. And I, I honestly think, and I say it on the broadcast, and maybe the fans are, are sick of hearing it, but He's got to let that bazooka go. He's got to just put people on notice, the players in front of him, the goaltender, that it's coming, it's coming high and hard, and see what happens after that. Because, you know, teams will adjust, things will happen. Um, but I think having fun and shooting the puck, when I say having fun, not just scoring goals. Have fun with your teammates. Find a way to have fun um, with the little plays in the game. Be, say, you know, being in the right position, whatever it is, there's got to be some joy in other areas of the game than just scoring. Uh, and hopefully if he realizes that, uh, because there's a lot to take up, take, uh, take care of between goals. And that's something he has to do. And then the goals will come. Uh, a couple of things on that. Number one, when you say about shooting it high and hard, he hit Sergei Bobrovsky right in the mask with a shot last night. And, and I said this on my broadcast, if it was me, I'd have shot it there again. I would have launched another one right at his head. Now, I know in this day and age, that sounds like I'm a Neanderthal. But to be honest with you, Sergey was trying to get his head out of the way of that shot. And, and it had so much velocity on it, he couldn't move. If he moves his head, it might go in the net. So based on that, that's why I was saying, we'll go there again. Because he flinched the first time. You know he's going to flinch the second time. He might create the opening that you're looking for to get the goal, for crying out loud. Oh, I love it. Bob, you got it all wrong. You got it upside down, man. Because I think it was Bobby Orr, and I, I don't want to say for sure, but one, it was one of those, maybe it was Esposito, who used to always say, whistle the first one right by his ear and the second one right on the ice. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to be gun-shy that he's going to be bracing for the high shot. And when that happens, guess what happens? It trickles right by him on the ground. So shoot high for the first one, then the second one, just a little floater down low. But that's the value of the of that shot because I don't care who you are. When you see that stick wind up again, as Sergey Bobrovsky did later, there's a half a second or maybe a little more of a hitch in there that to get over there. Do I really 
you know, do I, you know, does this, do I really need to put my head in front of this one? So I'm with you and I'm just joking. Of course, that so you have it backwards, but you know what I mean? Don't go high yeah. twice. No, Although that, with that, that shot, it probably would work. Yeah. Well, that makes total sense. I mean, make the baseball analogy, right? If the batter is standing up on the inside part of the plate so that he can reach the outside corner as a pitcher, you throw it up and in, you want him to back away. Then you can go and utilize the area that you want to. So that makes perfect sense. Actually. I like it, man. And for me, if you want to stick with baseball, Bring the 101 mile an hour fastball yeah. and just bring it. If you're a fastball pitcher, pitcher, don't look to be a, a fancy playmaker. You know what I mean? Just put it down there and go heat on heat. And, and I, I really think that that's what he should do. I think the power play, I'm not a power play guy. I know that, but I watch a lot of hockey. And I just think that when you have a shot immediately from the face off or the first play is that high, hard shot, it settles everything down. And and I think the numbers are over 80% in puck retrievals to the team that shoots the puck. Might just be over 70. I don't remember. But it's, it's a high number that if you shoot the puck, your team is probably going to get the puck back. And, and so that, to me, is a good thing. And when the Blue Jackets, when I know the shot's coming, I'm going to gain a half a second uh, of anticipation on you. I'm going to play quicker, jump quicker. And, and, and I think that's the, the value of the predictability. And then after you shoot it three times, guess what? Then the passing lane is there. Then you have the opportunity to open that up. But for me, start with A, then go to B, and then C. And right now, uh, I think they're going trying different things, and everyone looks like they're guessing and unsure that those plays are happening. When you need to peel the onion back, just go one layer at a time. Get the puck. On the goaltender first from Patrick Line or Cam Atkinson. Get it on there and then go from there. All right. Let me ask you, let me make this analogy and and, and see if you agree with this one too. Staying in that in that lane. Because I, I like to do this. I think for the people that like the game and they understand parts of it, if you can relate it to something else, it helps them to, you know, really mesh it together of a little bit. So it helps me too. Yeah. So I, I was <laughs> one time I was I was sitting in a dugout. During the Triple A game in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, I was sitting right next to our pitching coach, who was a former big leaguer. And uh, were you the, lost? What was happening? Why no, you, there was a. There? Actually, they they broke. You won a contest. A, no, you won a contest. I, no, they, they they broke into our broadcast to do a Syracuse University football head coach's press conference or something. Like they said, hey, we're going to take you off the air for an hour, and then you can come back. So I had nothing to do. So our, our pitching coach said, "Oh, come to the dugout," which I didn't even know was possible, but it was really cool because it gave me a different vantage point. But anyway, uh, the guy that was pitching, and I can't remember who it was, he gets ahead of the battery, throws two fastballs, and he, he, you know, that that velocity you're talking about, he gets ahead of him, two fastballs, two strikes on him, and the pitching coach looks at me and he goes, I don't know what he's going to throw right now, but if he doesn't throw that fastball again, he's nuts. He goes, but what he's probably going to do is he's probably going to try to trick him and throw him a curveball. If he does that, you're going to see that ball land in left center field. And honest to God, the next pitch that came in, Line drive left center field, for sure. <laughs> so the analogy here is to what you're talking about. I, now tell me if I'm making a good connection with this. In hockey, you've got that velocity. You've got that fastball shot. But once you try to trick people, whether that be one extra move, whether it be a pass to the other winger or something like that, you try to get fancy. Sometimes don't get fancy. Just go get it. Take your best asset and use it. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree with that more. I think that it's a luxury to have a player with this kind of skill set. And last night we saw two passes his way from Morensky, who he, did, he didn't like the pass. 
He didn't like where it was, and that's fine, okay? He needs to readjust, go back, try to get it in your wheelhouse. Uh, I think they need to work on that because everything should go through Patrick Laine for a while. And then, guess what? If it's another attempt and there's a wide open play, which will happen, and it'll probably be Atkinson or back to Orensky for the shot, whatever. Those guys are good shooters, different angles. Uh, but for me, high heat, bring it hard, make it a staple, and then from there you go to the next step. But don't get too fancy too quick. And I love that analogy. And why don't you do us all a favor and ask John Tortorella uh, what he thinks of that the next time you get to chat with him for, uh, for your pregame of the series. Because um, – to me, it makes sense, and maybe he's got a reason why it doesn't. And, and but, but to me, the simplicity for the player and the four guys on the ice with him, it's like <laughs> you almost giggle. You're like, watch this, guys. Zach Wensky's <laughs> going to put it right in the wheelhouse. We're going to tell you what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen before the pitch is coming in the big leagues when you got a hundred mile an hour fastball pitcher, right? Yep. So you wait for it and you adjust for it and you think you're going to be ready for it. And as a teammate, you're like, oh, this is going to be good. Bang, bang, bang. Three big shots. Now everyone's getting ready for the shot. And that's when you bump it off to Warinsky for the nice passing play. But know what you are. Know your skill set. Have fun with it. And watch your teammates have fun with it. I think eight shots, nine shots a game or shooting attempts. I don't care if six get blocked. One's going to be a scoring chance. Two of those are going to be great scoring chances off a block. That's how you generate in the NHL. That's what we see everywhere. Use it. I think the Blue Jackets need to use that asset. I couldn't agree more. And his next opportunity is tomorrow night when the Blue Jackets play the Florida Panthers again at Nationwide Arena. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 right here on The Fan. That's going to do it for tonight's edition of the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville. Thanks to Blue Jackets goaltender Jonas Corposalo for joining us tonight. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long and thanks for listening to 97.1 The Fan.